Welcome back to Plastic Surgery Decoded, the podcast where we demystify plastic surgery and unpack it into relatable concepts. I'm your host, Dr. Regina Newhan, and today we're talking about treatment of traumatic wounds and injuries. What can a plastic surgeon do? I think you'll be a bit surprised. Remember that this podcast reflects my experience and my opinion. It is not intended to give formal medical advice, but instead you can use it to gain insight. So settle in for a listen and enjoy. I can recall many times in the past when I was at a social gathering and I had to leave urgently to go tend to a patient in an ER since I was taking emergency plastic surgery call for a hospital. Friends and acquaintances would be shocked that a plastic surgeon would be called in after hours to treat a patient. They wondered why, with a chuckle, what kind of cosmetic emergency could be occurring. They, like many, made an assumption that plastic surgery only refers to aesthetic procedures. But of course, it is so much more. Now certainly there are surgeons who have narrowed down their practice to just cosmetic surgery. But many, myself included, enjoyed careers offering the full palette of procedures, which includes reconstructive surgery. Reconstructive surgery is a broad term, but essentially it means modifying or rebuilding body parts to restore function or appearance. Actually, much of the world does not realize the vast scope of what a plastic surgeon can do. I'm talking about the wide variety of truly reconstructive services plastic surgeons provide, particularly after a traumatic injury not just making the stitches and scar look pretty. By the way, trauma here is referring to a physical accident or injury rather than emotional trauma, though certainly such an event can be an emotionally upsetting occurrence as well. So in this brief episode, I'm introducing you to the broad spectrum of interesting situations where a plastic surgeon's input will not only help, but may be vital. Millions of traumatic events each year cause people to come to an ER to be treated. By the way, out of habit, I'm using the abbreviation ER, which stands for emergency room, but more recently it's been known as the ED, or emergency department. There are doctors there who staff the ER and who are essentially the front line for anything that comes through the door. They're quite skilled, and they can triage and handle most things. Simply put, if a patient who comes in is stable, then in terms of any physical injuries or wounds, the ER doctor's primary goal is to stop the bleeding as needed and then assess the extent of the injury. If it is limited enough, they can just take care of it by suturing the laceration, meaning cut. Or if they find it's more complex and there may be some important anatomy structures injured in the wound, then the patient may require treatment by a specialist, possibly in an operating room. And sometimes that needed specialist is a plastic surgeon. How so? Let's consider the possibilities by body part. Plastic surgeons are well-versed at treating complex facial injuries, including fractures, meaning broken bones, muscle and nerve injuries, and lacerations of specialized structures, like eyelids, lips, and the nose. We also treat injuries of the hand. And you may not realize that surgery of the hand, with its intricate anatomy, is considered a subspecialty of plastic surgery. I myself did an additional year of fellowship training in hand and microsurgery after standard plastic surgery training to further boost my knowledge and skills. Hand injuries could include tendon, nerve, or blood vessel injuries, as well as fractures, dislocations, and amputations. 
Actually, I'll discuss the fascinating world of hand injuries more in a future podcast episode dedicated to just that. And then there are other complex soft tissue injuries throughout the body that we can treat, soft tissue meaning flesh. These might include injuries where tissue is actually missing, leaving a gaping hole and possibly with exposed or unprotected important structures, which need creative coverage urgently. Pretty much if the ED gets a patient with a wound they aren't sure what to do with, they call plastic surgery. So what are some of the mechanisms of injury that plastic surgeons may see in an emergency room? Well, you can probably guess some of them. These might include car or motor vehicle accidents of all types, with injuries to the face and hands, or even open leg fractures with missing skin and exposed bone that needs to be surgically covered. We can provide this coverage with tissue we reposition from another area after the orthopedic surgeon fixates the bone. And we may see gunshot wounds or wounds from other types of assault in similar body areas. But there are many more mechanisms of injury as well. These include falls, such as from a ladder or even from a roof, sustaining severe lacerations and fractures to the face or hands, sports injuries, burns of any type, and animal bites. Now, animal bites, or even human bites, may require further opening for exploration, both to look for damaged underlying structures and to wash out in an attempt to prevent infection from saliva or dirt. Also, lawnmower and snowblower injuries to the hand. And farm injuries. I've personally seen some pretty terrible damage from people getting an arm caught in an auger, as well as gruesome injuries from a combine. But, oh, there's more. In addition, we may be called to see puncture wounds, sometimes with a foreign body stuck in the wound, which could be anything from a deep splinter to a nail gun nail stuck in the bone to a fishing hook stuck in a thumb. Also, there can be some pretty severe injection injuries from high-pressured paint or grease guns. Those require urgent exploration in the operating room to try to avoid infection and tissue damage. And every year, like clockwork, there are so many fireworks injuries resulting in anything from superficial burns to, unfortunately, losing part of the hand or face from the blast. Now those were just a few examples of what a plastic surgeon may be called to treat. But what about timing? When is something truly emergent versus being able to wait for more definitive treatment after initial stabilization? Well, it depends on a few things. Certain anatomic structures can't be left exposed to open air for very long due to concerns about infection or about the structures drying out and not surviving. These would include exposed bone, tendons, and fragile blood vessels and nerves. So if the emergency room doctor is at least able to do an initial washout of the wound and temporarily stitch the skin closed in the ER, that's great because even if there has been underlying tendon, nerve, or bone damage, this temporary closure will buy time. The patient could possibly even follow up in the plastic surgeon's office the next day to be reevaluated and scheduled for any needed surgery, which would be done during the daytime when the best supplies are readily available, and it's a less rushed setting. Some injuries can't wait, though. If, for example, there is some skin missing and there's not enough left to close the wound, or the wound is extremely contaminated and dirty and requires the operating room and anesthesia for a better washout, and actually, an extremely dirty wound may require a few days of daily washouts before it can be fully closed. Otherwise, there is greater risk of infection. Something else that can't wait is a wound with extensive bleeding that can't be controlled. It needs urgent treatment in the operating room. 
or if there is a dislocation or a broken bone that is pressing on a nerve and there is concern that the patient may suffer nerve damage if it's left too long, then this would be urgently treated as well. And of course, if finger or hand amputation is involved, that requires relatively quick treatment too. The procedure of putting a finger or hand back on is called a replantation, and it falls within the realm of what some plastic surgeons can do. Occasionally, when a patient has had very bad injuries throughout the body and multiple doctors of different specialties are on the case, there may be a collaborative effort to treat the patient in a single operating room setting, if it's feasible. I can think of numerous times when I've had to work on the patient's facial injuries while an orthopedic doctor might be working on a broken leg or a general trauma surgeon might be working in the abdomen. Now, much of what we've been discussing here falls under the category of early reconstruction and might occur anywhere from the day of injury to the next few days. This could include treating closed bone fractures or creating soft tissue coverage for a wound, which could include a skin graft, such as for a burn or for a superficial open wound without enough skin. For a deeper wound, what's called a tissue flap may be required, which is layered tissue, like maybe skin and fat together, and it can often include a muscle, which generally has good blood supply. Such a flap is transferred into the wound area with its own blood vessels staying connected to keep it alive, and it essentially restores volume and coverage to the area. By the way, I'll explain more about skin grafts and versatile soft tissue flaps in another episode coming up soon. But there are a couple of situations where reconstruction is intentionally delayed for a better outcome. This encompasses a variety of situations, including a very contaminated or dirty wound that has to be washed out multiple times before formal closure or soft tissue coverage can be performed to reduce risk of infection. Or, some injury wounds may have skin or soft tissue that is probably not going to survive, but it's not yet clear where the line of demarcation is. We may want to wait until the tissue declares itself, and then after that it is safe to trim away that devitalized tissue, followed by surgical wound coverage. In other situations, it may be better to wait until any severe swelling goes down in order to do a definitive repair, say of facial fractures, for example. That way the normal contours of the face can be visualized facilitating a better outcome. And lastly, there is what is considered late reconstruction. Examples can include treatment of a wound that never healed properly, or it could refer to a multi-staged reconstruction of a body part where a certain amount of healing time has to pass in between the stages. And another instance of late reconstruction is modifying or revising an earlier reconstruction which needs improvement or is not as successful as hoped. On rare occasions, when multiple attempts at late reconstruction have been tried but failed, this is where you may hear about some specialized centers around the country doing a hand or face transplant. These procedures are still pretty complicated and may be considered a last resort, but this option can be a blessing for those truly in need. Well, you've heard a moderately brief introduction to the wide variety of what plastic surgeons can do. This broad spectrum is actually one of the things that attracts many to the field in the first place. The possibilities for reconstruction do seem to be endless as research and creative thinking evolve generation to generation. More streamlined solutions for both routine and difficult problems continue to become available. It's exciting to ponder what new reconstructive advances might be right around the corner.
Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please share this podcast with someone else who might be interested. And while you're at it, check out the podcast website for related topics to explore. It's www.plasticsurgerydecoded.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Decoded.